0: Good morning, fellow listeners. It's Mary Stone on the screen porch, and I have to apologize that I haven't been out here with you for a while. I've been having a hard time um, keeping up with things in the heat of the summer. I've had many assignments out in the heat, and uh, but more than that, it's all that's going on affecting me, and I'm hoping you are all doing okay and Finding some joy in this world around us because it is here, even though there is indeed a lot of sadness and hate, which is what I've been struggling with mostly, seeing all that's going on. And oh, in fact, I have to admit, I've been kind of keeping myself unplugged from it, not feeling as though I can make a difference in things. And so I just choose not to listen to some of the news that brings my heart down. Which may be putting my head in the sand, but I don't know. I don't know if it really is, because truthfully, my feeling is if um, we can't make a difference about something, why get engaged in the drama of it all? And I'm not ignoring it. I'm definitely praying a lot about recovery and peace and serenity and love amongst each other. Um, So anyway, I'm starting out here. I have no one with me. Miss Ellie May is still with me on this side although as I mentioned earlier her health is failing although we have a little bit of a reprieve in the sense that the medications are helping her and she has joy and I have joy seeing her joy so Um, but anyway I'm going to go out on a road walk and what I'm going to do I'm going to try it anyway I'm going to bring my mic with me and maybe I'll say a few words and you can walk with me on my morning walk So here we go. We're just starting out. I have to admit, it's still something to get used to, not having my canine kid next to me walking on these morning walks, but I'm grateful to be able to walk myself. So I'm crossing the creek on which I live, which is more like a mini river. Gosh, it's, I'm looking, eyeballing it. It's probably, I don't know, right now it's a little low because we've been on the dry side, but hmm, I'd say we're at least 20 feet wide and Hear the bubbling sound of the water next to the breeze. I so enjoy the serenity of this. I didn't know there was a term for such a thing as meditation walk or meditative walk. I didn't know that, did you? (laughs) Anyway, it's a time to relish being amongst nature, enjoying the patterns of it, enjoying the cycles of it, which duplicate the cycles of life from season to season. So anyway, let's give it a try one step at a time, shall we? Here we go. Oh, you know what? I'm going to grab a leaf. I'm going to grab a leaf and drop it in the water and watch it follow the current. For those of you that um, haven't listened to it yet, I invite you to go back to episode 13 called The Lesson of the Leaf. I just love how it makes a, a ring of circles when it lands in the water. There it goes merrily, merrily down the stream. So I just came upon some Queen Anne's lace. I'm going to stop and relish the intricate lace of this beauty that finds its way on the side of the road. And uh, I recall I wrote a column about it, which I may share with you when I land back on the screen porch. I'm walking by a farm I admire here on Mohican Road, and next to me to the left are two alpacas. One is white or beige, and one is black, and they cohabitate with sheep. It was fun to see them. Bah. Hello. It was fun to see them um, acclimate them with each other. They had originally put a fence up for them to get to know each other, then they separated the fence, and now they're all eating from the same hay bale. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I see that the uh, alpaca was shaved. I imagine they're going to make some beautiful yarn. He's staring at me. Hello. So I just walked past some trash, and I feel guilty. Actually, I don't feel guilty, but I feel badly that I can't manage picking it up while my hands are busy with this, so note to self, bring a bag next time and pick up the trash rather than look at it as a thing to be mad about or angry about or frustrated about. Pick it up and make a small change in improving our world, right? So next to me on the right is the pond, which I also enjoy watching there are white ducks and mallards and many times of the year there are Canadian geese in fact last time I walked past the pond I enjoy this one family, it's a a white duck next to a mallard and then there is a mix of the two, a mottled beautiful duck And, uh, and next to them was a Canadian goose just kind of all getting along, a beautiful thing we can learn much from nature can't we Passing, again, some Queen Anne's lace that's cohabitating with bachelor buttons, those purple flowers that you see along the road. Anyway, signing off for a bit, and we'll catch up in a little while. Thanks again for joining me on this walk. So listening to the road walk raw takes, there was some static that showed up. Interestingly, it seemed to be underneath all the, you know, I don't even know what they're called, those big junction boxes for power. I wonder if there's a sound that we just don't hear as humans, but the mic picked up. But anyway, um, one of the things I mentioned was the trash on the road, which inspired a recent column I want to share with you here. Hello, fellow readers. Did you ever wonder why folks toss trash out their window, littering our world? Did someone teach them that? Or is it they had no respect for our dear earth? Rather than being angry about it as they used to be, I've begun to pick it up during road walks. I think of it as weeding undesirables in the garden of life. Speaking of which, last week a group of six volunteers met at the Pocket Park in Blairstown for a cleanup. The park was designed and built a handful of years ago for the residents, visitors, and patrons of Main Street and the seasonal farm market. It's a space to toss a ball or sit for a moment on one of the beefy stone benches under the cooling shade of the trees. By the way, I was privileged to be the one to design the park and had the help and support of the local garden club. It was really a delight. There's a sycamore in the low spot solving the soggy soil dilemma, plus river birch gracing the periphery with their see-through dancing leaves, revealing showy, peeling bark. So traditionally, um, and I went out to say this in the column, the Blair Academy kids participate in a spring cleanup during their day of service but this year that wasn't meant to be. And so these other folks collected and I sadly wasn't able to join them because frankly I was heat exhausted from working in what felt like 104 degrees all day. But I heard from Patty Dole who gave me the report on the outcomes of the cleanup. And since then I went back to the park by the way and it looks terrific. The park is plagued with mugwort and I'm gonna try the botanical name here, Artmesia vulgaris, not bad, not bad. It's also known as common wormwood Even the name sounds nasty. Their aggressive underground stems called rhizomes send out roots and shoots that travel two feet below the surface, making it a miserable invader to squelch. Some say cutting mudwort repeatedly to the ground every few weeks is an effective way to gain control. Others say removing the top growth stimulates rhizome production, increasing the number of shoots. Talk about a frustrating dilemma. Patty Dole of Little Big Farm reports they did a lot in a few hours. We weed-whacked and pulled a bunch of mugwort, taking a whole truckload out. Last season, thanks to Blair Academy, who provided the perennials, we added lamb's ear and catmint. They're really doing great, Patty said. Great choices because we have a family of deer living around the area now. A mama and two fawn. Speaking of lamb's ear, I prefer Helen von Stein. It's known for its voluptuously sized fuzzy silvery leaves. It rarely flowers, unlike other varieties, which prevents prolific spreading that can become weedy. Lamb's ear pairs beautifully with nepeta. It prefers full sun, though it tolerates some shade. We planted Walker's low, a bit of a misnomer given it grows about 30 inches, with petite violet blue flowers on fragrant gray-green foliage. Back to picking up litter. Last week I met a gal fetching her mail at the end of a private road. She saw me picking up litter. Now I feel guilty, she said. Tomorrow I'll bring gloves and pick up the trash along our road. Don't feel guilty, I consoled. Seeing litter is frustrating. But there's something about being part of a solution that shifts anger and frustration into a positive change. Imagine if we all did just that. Garden Dilemmas? Ask Mary Stone com little did I know until I was actually posting this column on the Garden Dilemma's website is um, there's a name for picking up trash as you're walking it is called plocking and if you're jogging it's called plogging and if you are hiking it's called pliking so there you go I had no idea I was so trendy <laughs> do your part and let's clean up the world one street at a time thanks so much So finding the Queen Anne's Lace along the road brings back the recollection of a column I wrote in August of 2015 called Queen Anne's Anomaly. Hello, fellow readers. On a road walk with Miss Ellie, I came across a pinkish Queen Anne's Lace flower with dark magenta edges on a plant where all the other flowers were the customary cream. What a gorgeous anomaly. It reminded me of grade school when we cut Queen Anne's lace and put them in water with food coloring to change the color. By the way, the photo, of course, is on the Garden Dilemma's website, and this was before I had my big girl camera. I'm looking at it now. It's such a beautiful flower. Queen Anne's lace, Dacus corota, is also called wild carrot. In fact, today's edible carrots were once cultivated from this plant. Like carrots, the root of Queen Anne's lace is edible when it's young, before becoming too woody to eat. Be careful when collecting Queen Anne's lace, as it resembles poison hemlock and fool's parsley, both with similar flowers. But the Queen Anne's lace flowers are much tighter, and only her roots smell like carrots. She's second to beets in level of sugar, and is sometimes used to sweeten puddings and other foods. By the way, at the end of the column is a recipe for Queen Anne's lace jelly. No kidding. Although it kind of sounds ticklish on the tongue to me, but maybe worth a try. They say both Queen Anne of Great Britain and her great-grandmother Anne of Denmark are for whom the plant is named. Once introduced to North America, she naturalized and thrives in dry fields, ditches, and other open spots. Each flower cluster is comprised of tiny white flowers that resembles lace. Some have a teeny dark red flower in the center and, as the story is told, represents a blood droplet where Queen Anne pricked herself while making the lace. She blooms from May to October as a biennial, lives for two years, and only blooms her second year. So is it a weed or wildflower? asked my better half Kurt. A weed is a misplaced plant, my standard response, as many plants in the wild and in my garden are keepers, though others may consider them weeds. Queen Anne's lace is used as a companion plant to crops. It can boost tomato plant production when kept nearby and provide a microclimate of cooler, moister air for lettuce when intercropped with it. On the other hand, the USDA has listed it as a pest in pastures, as the seeds persist for two to five years. Yet beneficial bugs such as caterpillars of the eastern black swallowtail butterfly eat the leaves and pollinators drink the nectar. So, a weed or a wildflower, it's in the eyes of the beholder, and she is a beauty. Garden Dilemmas? AskMaryStone.com Since we came across Bachelor Buttons next to the Queen Anne lace on the side of the road, I thought I would also chat about the next column that followed the Queen Anne's lace anomaly, and that is a column called the Wild Bachelor. Bachelor Buttons, also known as Cornflower. They're an old-fashioned flower that have beautified gardens for centuries, first in Europe, just as Queen Anne's lace. They grow well in sun and are easy keepers. In folklore, cornflowers were worn by young men in love. If the flower faded too quickly, it was a sign that the man's love was not returned. Bachelor buttons are annual plants rather than perennial. Perennials come back year after year, by the way, and annuals only one year. He self-seeds vigorously and grows 16 to 35 inches tall with gray-green branch stems. The flowers are about an inch and a half and intense blue. In the past, he often grew as a weed in crop fields, hence the name cornflower. So is he a weed or a wildflower? The same question we asked of Queen Anne's Lace. In Europe, he's now endangered by agricultural intensification, largely due to the overuse of herbicides destroying his native habitat. Their conservation organization, Plant Life, named him one of 101 species to bring back from the brink. On the other hand, through introduction as an ornamental plant in gardens and a seed contaminant in crop seeds, bachelor buttons have naturalized in many parts of the world. He's now found wild in every state except Alaska and is considered weedy or invasive by some authorities. I don't share that, by the way. I think they're beautiful. (laughs) Rodale's Organic Life published an article Flowers for Borders, that talks about controlling pests by planting the 11 best flowers for borders that will draw beneficial insects into your garden. Guess what? The bachelor was the first on their list to attract ladybugs, lacewings, ground beetles, and other insects that feed on pests. As a bonus, many of the beneficial bugs will also pollinate crops, thereby increasing yields. The article explained that bachelor buttons have extrafloral nectaries, which means his leaves release nectar even when the flowers are not in bloom. A plant cologne, so to speak. So what about all the buzz of Queen Anne hooking up with the bachelor? I'm laughing about that because there's a picture on the column and uh, it's of Queen Anne lace and bachelor buttons being together. And today, as I was walking, I took another photo of that. So that's a combo, isn't it? So what's all the buzz of Queen Anne hooking up with the bachelor? I'm sure you've seen them co-mingling alongside the road. You wild thing. (laughs) Garden Dilemmas? AskMaryStone.com. So thanks for coming by and joining me on the screen porch as well as the road walk. It was such a joy to visit with you today and I so appreciate if you could share the podcast with others so more can become part of our community. And please subscribe if you haven't done so already. Thanks so much and you have a great day. You can follow Garden Dilemmas on Facebook or online at gardendilemmas.com and on Instagram at hashtag Mary Elaine Stone. Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries is produced by Alex Bartling. Thanks for coming by. I look forward to chatting again from my screen porch. And always remember to embrace the unexpected in this garden of life. Have a great day.